This episode of An Organic Conversation is a special rebroadcast featuring some of our best episodes of the year. It is brought to you by Baptiste Rum, the first eco-positive and sustainably produced French Caribbean rum, available at Trader Joe's, Whole Foods and other fine retailers. For seasonal cocktail recipes, BaptisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E. R-H-U-M.com. We all know the power of music. We all have cried watching a movie when the strings set in. We all have felt like dancing when a particular song came on the radio. But can music make you come alive again? Yes, it can. There's an incredibly beautiful new documentary that shows the effect of music on people with Alzheimer's and other mental illnesses. That not just portrays the power of melodies, but also changes our understanding of these diseases. Alive, inside, music to remember is our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. Your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Helga, I love your intro for this. That's so true about music, the way that it moves us. Music moves us. My dad is, my, well, actually, both of my dads are really into music. And so I've always grown up with such uh, an appreciation for different kinds of sounds, and they evoke different kinds of emotions. And it is amazing the way that it stimulates you. And that is is such a, a small scale compared to what is observed in this documentary about how music can stimulate the mind and stimulate life. <clears throat> yeah, the, the mind is an incredibly complex thing, but music really is at the root of the human experience. M music is rhythm, uh, the very first movement of the cell after splitting is to build the human heart and the beating of the heart in a fetus's body, that's the first ongoing rhythm that um, that cell creates. And then music is also melody, of course. And the first real melody that an unborn child even hears is the sound of the voices of the parents. So music is with us long before uh, the, the brain was formed even. It's a, mm. it's a you know, physical cellular experience. And, and it has a huge effect on our mood and our emotions. So Yes, we've all experienced it. It's maybe the closest thing to the heart other than the human voice and, and listening. But everyone can access that place of joy or excitement or sadness instantly within seconds when the right song comes on. And it's just incredibly powerful how close music really is in our lives um, as a bridge into that world. And this documentary just captured all of that. I was pretty blown away, actually, mm. and very touched by what music can do and how little music is used or those experiences and truths are used in our healthcare system. And, of course, we'll talk about all of that. This is An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And our focus in this hour is a new documentary that talks about the power of music and shows the power of music on people with mental illnesses, specifically Alzheimer's, alive inside music to remember that and more when we come back right after the break. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. 
award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helder. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. I was grooving to that song. I'm in such a music mood right now. I mean, I guess I'm always in a music mood, but I'm thinking about it differently right now. That song that we just played in particular, that's one of Earl's favorites, Earl Herrick, who calls in every week for the What's in Season segment. And so every time I hear it, I think of Earl, you know, pretending like he's playing the trumpet or just grooving to this like fantastic beat. And that's an association of music and memory. When I hear that song, I I think of Earl. And it's just kind of a precursor to something so much larger that we're going to dive into today. Yes. And we all have those songs where we where we could say, well, I like that song, but why do you like it? Right. What has it done? What was the scene like when you mm, when you heard I it for the first that. time or I what does it bring that. you back to? Which is exactly the topic in this hour of an organic conversation, a new documentary, Alive Inside, Music to Remember the impact and power of music for people with mental illnesses, specifically Alzheimer's. And with us now is the writer, director, and producer of that very documentary, Alive Inside, Michael Rosato Bennett. Michael, are you there? I am here. Thank you so much for joining us. We have really amazing documentaries regularly in review in this show and few I must say have touched me on such a personal level what you have been able to create with Alive Inside is maybe one of the most human pieces I've seen in a very long time and this is also the intro to how you came to the film can you tell us about uh, just a little bit about the background of how you were introduced to this project and what it became nothing profound in the beginning. I, I was hired to do a job, and um, it was actually a kindness that a friend of mine did for me. She worked for this foundation, and they were going, They had met this man, Dan Cohen, and were going to give him a small grant, and um, they decided that what he really needed was some... He needed a website, and I'd made a couple small films for the foundation, and my friend was really a great friend. And she knew I was dead broke at the time, and she called me up and said, hey, Mike, can you do websites? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do it. I'd never done a website in my life. (laughs) But I desperately needed the money, and I had two kids to feed, and and I just was in a a trough moment. So I met the guy, and I found out that the real problem he was having was apparently nobody was getting what he was doing or experiencing. It was just kind of going over people's heads. And so I said, well, let's, let's, I had this novel idea, this thing that really barely existed at the time. It was called a video website, you know, a website with a lot of video on it, which like, it's so hard to imagine, but like literally five years ago, uh, that was a rare thing. Thank God I sold him on that idea because I really wasn't a great uh, website maker, but I knew I knew how to, you know, I could tell stories. So with film, so I, I ended up saying, oh, let's do that. And um, he took me to this 600-bed nursing home, and I walked in the door, and I wanted to run away. I, I didn't know where I was heading. I was, I'd was i never been in a nursing home. I mean, I walked into this place, and I, I saw, I literally saw a row of 100 wheelchairs against the window down this enormous hallway. This is a 600-bed public facility, so it didn't have a lot of money, and these people were just stacked up against the wall, and and so I had this I, I had this real moment where I, like, literally had to force myself to stay. It, it was a shock. You know, we as a culture, we as human beings even, perhaps, are we have this capacity to deny our own mortality. You know, as, as much as you and I and your listeners know that we are going to die, we actually don't believe it. You know, like we sort of like you can't 
keep moving forward if you had to live with the intense idea that we are mortal and that we're our life is short or you know it's it's just it's just something especially when you're young that you just push away and you don't face and so for me like it was a kind of a shock to see this much this many people who were this close to the end and and some of them didn't have minds they didn't have their minds or fully or what i i knew as minds and it was this very interesting moment where i was literally emotionally pushed to a place I, I wasn't quite ready. You know, I was kind of just moving through the paces and and um, I wasn't fully there. And then they pushed this old man, this 94-year-old black man named Henry, who was slumped in his chair and they, they pushed him in front of me. And, you know, they said that he loved Cab Calloway and we tried to touch him and, and wake him and we couldn't. You know, he, he was not there. And um, then we gave him his music. We, we put Cab Calloway into his ears with some headphones. And before my eyes, like, uh, it, it, it was like a punch in my gut. I, I literally, like, I started to, tears came to my eyes and sort of goosebumps rose on my back. And because in front of me, this this person went from dead to alive and he he was i mean when you see the film you'll you'll you'll, you'll get you'll understand where what, what it what it felt like i mean not only did he come alive but he, he started singing and he was he started speaking and and they the, the the voice that he had was so filled with years of life and happiness and, and, and joy and was like it just blew me away you know like i i think we all dream of awakening you know we all believe that there's like acres of life inside of us beyond what we normally have a chance to feel and to see that in this person it was kind of incredible in that moment i just literally knew that um this was my next path that i was going to tell the story of what music could do for minds that we think um, are gone, that we've discarded in our own concept, you know, like, oh, you know, really, I think we as a culture, we believe that if you are not productive, it's, it's, you're done, and you should be recycled, and um, I was just unprepared for how much life is inside of us, even when we lose part of our brain. Michael, I know exactly what you're talking about, because when when I watch the film and and the story about Henry, as you said, the the gentleman who loved Cab Calloway, listens to it, and he starts singing, and he starts recalling these memories of things he loved to do when he was 14, and the questions that you guys asked him, and one of his responses, he said that music gives people a feeling of love, and a feeling of being connected to their dreams. And it was so touching, because just as you said, there's a perception that their minds are are weaker than they were when they were younger. And yet, these people are still so high functioning. They have such an incredible capacity for love and affection. And it's almost like it's being it's being reawakened in them when they hear the music, it's transporting them. And there's just story after story in the film that shows how this happens. So can you can you tell us a bit more from your experience? What do you think it is about the music? What do we understand about its power, having witnessed what you witnessed? Basically, what I learned, which was the big learning for me, and I, I think you know your audience might uh, enjoy this, is that in these people with dementia, it's almost as if they have two minds. The first mind is the sort of the cognitive mind, and then beneath it is the more is the emotional system, and these this is really systems that are that are, are much more autonomic, things like movement and emotion. And when you take movement and emotion, you know, that's dancing. That's being 15 years old and, and hearing some song and dancing with your girlfriend or, or your first kiss or your first, you know, your, your wedding dance. Or, so what happens is that there are, these, there are many pathways that music writes in the brain. 
music rights in the brain in, in a way that um, nothing else does. It uses it actually uses more of the brain than any other human stimulus. And what's happening is that we're we're awakening some deep music pathways that haven't been awakened in years, and that brings up some functioning. They're not the they're not. This is not a cure. It's it's a it's a, an awakening of pathways that are there, and many of them haven't been used or excited in a long time. That's actually a really good point you're making. The effects documented in the film, basically you are portraying uh, a handful plus people to have a headset on and hear music that they remember from their youth or their childhood even, and it, it brings them back to that, and they completely become alive, hence hence the title Alive Inside. <laughs> and have you? What, what have you observed? Is it just that they remember the things that happened in their lives in that era of the music itself, or did the music awaken their senses independent of when the song was recorded and the moment you took the headset away, actually it continued on? Like, are you, was the music actually able to really awaken them from then on, or the moment you take the music away, they fall back into their... No, no, they don't fall back. That, that's what was so surprising, that um, when it works, music has this capacity to kind of wake functionality. It's not forever, but actually they've done studies and found that, you know, repeated use of, of very emotional, profound, profoundly emotional music for somebody, um, it actually sort of slows dementia. There's an actual, um, their scores are much higher if they're, than people who don't have music. Well, that's, that's one amazing. of the things that, that we see in the film. There's a, a storyline with a husband and wife, and the, the wife is the one who's suffering from Alzheimer's. And the, in the interview with the husband, he says music really stimulates her. And, and my goal has been to essentially push back as far as possible the need for full-time care and for medication and for 10 years this music that they've been listening to has allowed for the two of them to live together in their home and it's just it's extraordinary the bond that they're able to have and the fact that she's still so she's still so awake to him that's Nell and Norman mm -hmm. and it is a very rare story I, I mean Nell listens to eight to ten hours of music a day without music her world would not exist. That's one of the things that I found out about people with dementia, is that life is very hard to navigate. You can't you, they, they, you can't filter out sounds from the street, from from the other room, from the television. It all becomes this big blur. But music is actually something that people with dementia can navigate. Sometimes almost a hundred percent. So it's sort of it sort of gives them a lifeline to follow, like you're following a rope. And in Nell's case, it is literally the only rope she has. She can't follow stories, she can't follow television. And she reverts basically to her most innocent time. She is this sort of beautifully mannered girl from South Africa. And, you know, I, I've spent time with her where she was sitting outside with me and she was literally, you know, 75 years in the past talking to her mother and uh, <laughs> carrying on conversations in another time. Mm. And, um, you know, but music for them is, it's their lifeline. We're speaking with the writer, director and producer of an incredibly touching and beautiful and important new documentary, Alive Inside, in this hour of an organic conversation, Alive Inside, music to remember. Our guest from New York joining us today is Michael Rosato Bennett. And Michael, we, we want to talk about the, the power of music and even touch on the healthcare system. The Live Inside reminds me a little bit of a couple of movies that came out um, a few years back where kind of the miracle cure was found, a, a, a drug for people with mental illnesses. In this case, it was a Hollywood movie awakening and after a few weeks those effects were vain and 
of course, people would fall back into their mental state. You're saying that's not quite the case, but we want to explore that route more right after the break. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. This is an organic conversation. And again, we're speaking with the filmmaker of Alive Inside, a new documentary coming to theaters near you, hopefully soon. That and more when we come back right after the break. This show is brought to you by Batiste Rum, the first eco-positive rum of the Caribbean. Ask for Batiste Rum at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and other fine retailers. More information, batisterum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Alive inside our focus in this hour, a new documentary that helps us realize the power of music that we've all experienced ourselves, in this case, music to remember, showing people the effect of music on people with Alzheimer's and other mental illnesses. And we are speaking with the writer, director, and producer, Michael Rosato Bennett, who's joining us today from New York, New York. Michael, right before the break, you were touching on the science behind this. And it's not just in, in the movie, basically elderly patients get a headset on it with their favorite music in an iPod and completely within, within seconds actually uh, react to it and are able to be cognitive and uh, not just in, an, in another dream state through the music, but really with you. They can answer questions. They can tell stories. It, it reminds me very strongly over One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or, of course, Awakenings, where Dr. Sayer, I believe, is the film character, finds a drug that gets people out of their lost mental state. And then in that movie, the drug loses its power over time and people fall back asleep. You are saying the long-term effects are not just when people actively listen to it in that moment that they become accessible again and then they can access their emotional state and their intelligence even back, but people maintain a higher degree of presence even after listening to music. With certain limitations. Yeah, absolutely, of course. They have Alzheimer's disease or they have dementia or, or you know, other things. It just um, it increases the functioning. It's just you know, a, you said yeah. Oliver Sacks. Uh -huh. You know, Oliver Sacks is the doctor featured in Awakening. Yes. True story. And he's a dear, dear friend of ours. And he's, he's in the film. In our film. Yes. He's in our film. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was just kind of uh, ironic that you brought him up. He, I guess he is the the world's expert on awakenings. Well, it's not ironic, actually. <laughs> we, we do do our research. And um, Dr. Sachs has been a, a leader in this. And maybe you can talk about what he, what his take is on this. How, how is it possible that, or what are we going to do with this now, that we know that there is actually this miracle drug, it's called music, we all relate to it. And It, yes, it doesn't bring you back to when you were 22, uh, to that mental state. People still have that degenerative mental disease, but it does let them function on a much higher level, and it makes them accessible for the first time, sometimes after 10 years of, of not being accessible at all. They would not react to personal stimuli of any kind or being able to, to, to engage in a conversation. They would just sit there and there. Um, right. you know, Alzheimer's yeah. mental state, and this, this lets them engage again. What, is th what does this do now? What are we doing with this? This is, this is groundbreaking well, research, it seems. <laughs> yeah, truly, if, if this were a drug, it would be a billion-dollar drug because music does yes. have efficacy on the um, mind of people with dementia that, you know, nothing else in the world 
but no drug has. There's literally no cure right now. There is no drug that really does anything for Alzheimer's dementia. But music and something else, you know, uh, love, connection, um, companionship, you know, uh, these are powerful, powerful, powerful things. And, and, and they, they make a great uh, effect on people with dementia. And the beautiful thing about music is that it kind of facilitates the ability to connect with a, with, with, with a person. Actually, what we did was we started a foundation called the Alive, in the, the Alive Inside Foundation, aliveinside.org, and our entire mission is to shine a spotlight on, on the plight of these people by bringing young people into um, situations, into, in, you know, many, many, many people are aging at home. Um, we're, we're getting churches and church groups and schools to, um, to reach out because a human connection through music is, is for me just something that's so worth pursuing. And it has so many lessons to teach us. It's, I, I personally don't, I'm not that interested in this idea that music is a cure or, or music is a kind of, it does have efficacy. It does reduce the amount of drugs that are being used with these people. But what's really happening is that we're giving life back to people. And that life is connected to their capacity to connect. You know, it connects them to their their when they were the most alive, when they were young, and 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 it it'll it allows other people to connect to them. And so there's a great learning for yes. me in this whole situation. And I com I completely agree. And that is the underlying value that we as a society need to look at how much do we engage with that part of society but one cannot help but be stunned watching the documentary i you know thought of who do i know in the healthcare system that this kind of becomes required reading or required watching uh, kaiser permanente like if we know that music has that kind of effect and allows people to slow down Uh, the, the 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 process of the disease it has a, a, a medical use it seems like it has an application it's oh, not huge, just huge look so we have a tremendous problem in our country with the overuse of, of drugs. sedative medication yes and it has been absolutely proven my friend dr ravi amin did this groundbreaking study where he reduced in his institution he reduced the use of antipsychotic medication in his institution from 50% of his residents to 13%. This is, this is a powerful tool to bring a more humane kind of living to people in institutions. But I'm not really a fan of institutions. I'm not a, I don't think, I think in, in 100 years we'll look back at the way we take care of elders today and we'll be uh, aghast. Um, you, you, you know, this is not the way humans are meant to age. This is not the way um, humans are meant to to, to, to to end their life. Well, see, yeah, Sita has a, a whole um, set of questions around that or thoughts around that. But before we move into that, I do want to know what was the response or what has the response been of the healthcare system to this movie or to your plea for for plea for help and and funding to allow every resident a little twenty dollar iPod. Well, when we started out, nobody was interested. It just kind of went over everybody's head. But um, actually, the clip of Henry, um, it accidentally, literally accidentally got released onto the inter Internet, and it went viral worldwide. Right now, 13 million people have seen this six-minute clip of a 94-year-old man meeting himself and meeting his music. And what this means is that Literally, the entire world in the healthcare world, the entire healthcare world, has seen this clip. Like it, literally, this film and this clip changed the conversation about dementia overnight. And that's the power of the internet. That, like, if you can touch people emotionally and intellectually, it it you have the capacity to change a conversation worldwide overnight. Um, And, and, and we started out, we had 
we were in four nursing homes, and finally Dan was in in 56 when I stopped filming the first time. And by the time the film was released, we were like in 600. Right now we're in 2,500 nursing homes. So there's been a huge, huge sea change. Um, we just found out the state of California is going to pay to put give every resident, I believe, in the nursing home system personalized music. Same with with with, with Wisconsin. Same thing's happening there. Wow. That's so amazing. and Ohio just funded said they were going to fund 400 uh, facilities to get personalized music. But there's a there's a little bit of a of a, of a twist to that 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 kind of bothers me is that. This is institutional implementation, and, and while it's wonderful, it's kind of still in the vein of, like, let's give them something, which is kind of like giving them a drug. And yes. I, I don't want music to be seen as just a, a, a better drug. You know, if it's not connected to human connection, yes, it won't work as well, I don't believe. We're speaking with Michael Rosato Bennett, the writer, director, and producer of a new documentary, Alive Inside, showing the power of music and connection, particularly in this case, on people with mental diseases and Alzheimer's. Michael, I, I really like where you're going with this most recent bit that you're sharing about how this touches you, and that's us giving music as if it were a treatment, something that we are giving to them. And something that stuck with me so profoundly from the film was it's a it's a quote where, where somebody is, is speaking with a, a woman who's so sad about the fact that she's approaching the end of her life and she doesn't feel like she's made the kind of contribution that she wants before she leaves. And the voiceover comes and says, it's painful to believe that what you have to give is not needed that no one is there to receive your gifts. And and you go into kind of the role of elderhood in our culture today versus how it's been in, in past generations in other countries around the world. The fact that these are people who had so much wisdom and experience to share with us, and yet that's not the relationship that modern society has with elders. And so this idea of we are giving them something is a little bit backwards to the way that so many other cultures have said we are here to receive the wisdom and the blessing and the gifts of age and experience. How do right. you feel about that? That's a really good question. I mean, a good good insight. Um, you know, if I were to ask you, would you like to go back and be 20? You know, you might say yes, but you'd probably throw in the caveat, if I could know what I know now. <laughs> always, you, always. Right? Yeah. You know, Everyone says that, yeah. Everyone says that, and they say it for a reason. And that is, the reason is, is that we learn through experience. You know, and the way I feel about it is we're living in a culture right now that is incredibly divided and conquered in many ways. And you have, you know, elder, the, the elders are considered comedy by the young. The young think that they're doing so great, like, because they tweet, tweet and Snapchat and, 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 you know, Instagram, you know. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to come to terms with, but like Jared Diamond, the, one of the, uh, an, an anthropologist and an author, he, he pointed out that he's, he studied, in, you know, sort of indigenous cultures, and he said, and I quote him, that these cultures had a social capacity and a profoundness of social interaction that is so much more rich than ours. If you look at the way people relate today, not just to their elders, and parents are forced to just sort of wait till their kids lift their heads out of their phones or their games or, or their iPads to have any moment of relationship, you know? And, you know, we're, we're choosing a, a kind of reality, that's, and it's changing incredibly fast. I live in New York City. Five years ago, if you walk down the street yelling and screaming, people thought you were crazy. You know, now people, it's normal. You know, oh, that guy's on his phone. You know, and, and actually, our, our literally, our social graces on the street have disappeared. As a matter of fact, the street has disappeared. It's become just part of the phone mm. environment. It, it, it goes beyond just sort of disrespecting elderhood. 
we have to ask some really important questions about how do we want to live? You know, how do we want to be human? And much of what is our humanity is actually being deduded and, and lessened. And that's why I love music also, and that's why I love aging as well, because both these things, are they, they are repositories of tremendous learning. And I am much happier now than I was when I was young. I was tortured when I was young. But I've sort of mastered all of those um, steps between tortured and happy. <laughs> <laughs> right, along yeah. the journey. One, yeah. of, um, one of the great mentors in my life, Pittman McGee, who we've had on the show before, has said, mm-hmm. he said, um, I, don't, I don't actually think of us as human beings. I think of us as human becomings. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that, that you say in the film is it is about becoming elders because we are meant to age. And mm-hmm. age holds important learnings and lessons. And, and I had a really lovely conversation about this with my mother recently where she said to me, she said, the body ages, but the spirit inside somebody, that light is timeless. And right. and one of the um, musicians who visited one of the hospitals in the film said, when you bring the music to people, that spirit is what we see come out of them, and that spirit is still very fresh and young. Yes, that is, that is, you know, that, that's the the deepest kernel of wisdom. You know, it's the deepest kernel of life when you learn how to recognize the channel of love. You know, when you're young, you're just thrashing around, and you get to be a little bit older, and you you put yourself next to somebody that you care for, and you can feel this tunnel of energy that goes between the two of you, and you learn to honor that, and you learn to deepen that, and then you learn to deepen that within yourself, and then you learn to expand it and and to, you know, have it flow. This is part of becoming human, Mm. and it's something that I feel incredibly devalued in modern time. A good reminder and words of deep wisdom from Michael Rosato Bennett, the director and producer and writer of Alive Inside, if you get a chance to catch that movie. Alive Inside, a new documentary on the power of music and connection, in this case particularly on people with Alzheimer's and other mental illnesses, but really as a reminder for all of us, Michael, the website is aliveinside.us. Uh, where will this film be showing, or will it be be shown somewhere? Uh, Are you going to film festivals? What? How can people catch it? Well, I mean, you can order it from the website, and or you can order it from our foundation website, which is aliveinside.org. Or you can, um, if you're a community, if you're a church uh, group, or a, or, a, or a university, or a, um, maybe even a high school or a middle school class, and you want to use our educational materials, you can go and you can. We'll send them to you. You can. Um, we want to encourage this sort of intergenerational connection of of young people coming to elders and and bringing them their music, and and we think it's a deep learning that needs to be supported and you know and so but you can watch it on netflix too if you have netflix it's on netflix so there's a lot of communities that are bringing the film in uh, church groups and, and schools and then they're showing the film to their whole community and they're kind of raising some money so that we can buy um you know mp3 players we can buy music uh itunes cards and we can we, we, we can give the kids the tools they need to um, give their elders their music. Wonderful. And yes, the website, one more plug. You. The website is aliveinside.us and also the, the foundation behind it, aliveinside.org. Lots of more information and, of course, ways to order the movie, help fund the film. And that is so impactful and beautiful and learn from it and show it to your community wherever you may be in whatever way you are planning to reconnect to elderhood and the wisdom of the ages. Thank you, Michael. Such a pleasure to have you. I know this is a busy time for you right now. We appreciate you you creating space for an organic conversation to have you on the air with us. It was 
pleasure to be with you. You were both so intelligent and sweet and kind. It was a great moment. <laughs> we felt the same way. Great. Thank you for your work. Both, both ways. Thank, Thank you, Michael. We'll have you back soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Again, that's a live inside music to remember in this hour of an organic conversation. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we're switching from mindfulness and love and wisdom to mindfulness around your plate. The update from the world of produce, directly from the produce dock, with our friend and partner, Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. What's in season? And today it's actually not with via the phone from the produce dock, but actually live here through smoke signals in the studio. Hey, Earl, you're here. Yes, I <laughs> Thank see, you for I coming. see you I both. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yeah. for coming in. Great. Mm, you've course. been you've been touring once in a while. You you mm. get out of Earl's Organic Produce and you get in your car and you actually visit farms as a beloved and ongoing practice of that relationship building that yeah. you and your business is all about. I so love to drive. Yeah, and visit farms. And this yep. this is the time. March, yeah. April. Whoa, this is happening. Spring is here. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you, I was surprised what I found. I was reminded going down 101, uh, down to the uh, uh, Santa Maria area, which is a big, uh, very big agriculture area going through Salinas. The, the, the hills with the rain that we've been getting, this is a couple weeks ago, just iridescent, neon. <laughs> I'm serious. Really? Just neon green. <gasps> And uh, much of that is uh, is wine country as you go down. And the image in my head was looking at a sh- at an unshaven face because the <laughs> I know this may sound funny because the <laughs> the vineyard is 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 uh, been uh, pruned and it's very short, but it's brown on these green faces. It was just really struck me. I know it's very odd, but it was it was very very moving to drive down there. It is one of my favorite favorite areas, and it's actually where I got into the business because the first really? growers the first growers I met were down in that Santa Barbara area. And wild really? radish is growing everywhere right now. Oh. These yellow patches oh, of oh, yeah mustard oh, greens too. Exactly, insane. just incredible incredible time to be here. The spring and going down uh, in central or coastal California. You usually bring be back there. a story from what what farm did you visit? Yeah, the I was unprepared for this story too. Really, oh. uh, Elm, Elmwood Canyon. Uh, farm and this and this actually in Winchester Canyon and the history of this is prolific. It's owned by Paul uh, Garrett, I believe his name is. He's ninety five years old now, mm. and it's it's been in and out of production for probably the last fifty years. And as I uh, drove up and walked on the property before I I went up to the to his office, I was down in the packing shed area, and I realized that 30 years prior to this is where I met someone that that finally worked for me. Her name is Sandy, and I we stood on the same property 30 years ago when it was Winchester Canyon, and here I am about to meet a, a young man who was barely born at the time that I met her. Wow. His name is Jack Motter. And he's been on the land for, I think, less than a year. And he's leasing uh, about 50 acres. There's a total of 500 acres, which is a beautiful valley, which I uh, which I rode my bike down and went over across the creek and just wallowed in all the parsley and fennel and radishes. and. So the 50 acres is a new organic farm, basically? Well, it's been, well, it's like I said, it's it's got a history going back to the uh-huh. late 60s, but it, it's been in and out of production. And I think at this point, it's been out. He just brought it back in for about three or four years. Hmm. Um, and what's he growing? Yeah, mostly row crops. So we're talking about cabbages, parsley, fennel, uh, his crop that he was picking the next day were sugar snap peas, Ooh. so they're all strung up with uh, with stakes, and the guys are out there in the field picking them. And it was a beautiful day. I was there. It was about 75, 80 degrees, bright, sunny. And of course, we're all lamenting that it would be great if it was raining. Uh, <laughs> but the flip side is you get wonderful product. Yeah. And the, one of the advantages of this particular plot of land at this time for this young man is there's about a half dozen workers there that have been on that farm for the last 30 years. Oh, he just took them oh. over. 
over. So, so talk about a jefe. These guys know the land, sure. and he gets to walk in and have these mentors uh, wow. advise him. You know, in all sorts of subtle nuances that they know about, and he and this does not go uh, without his notice. And I was able to meet a couple of them, and you know, they're they're farm workers, they're they're outdoorsy, and and it was it was really an honor to touch base with them. And fifty acres, of course, in, in industrial sizes, that's you know yeah. that's where you park your farm equipment. That's so tinsy winsy. Fifty acre organic farm with mixed row crops. That's a that's a robust farm. That's a yeah. good size land. Yeah, he's not doesn't have it all in production sure. right now, but uh, the place was just vital. And of course, it was a great great day to be out there. And he's getting ready to pick. And, and I was able to pull snap peas. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Did you eat uh, them right off? Absolutely. The so sweet. <laughs> They're the best. Oh. And he represents the next generation of young farmers. You know, we say it yep. once a month that we, we will lose a lot of family farmers in the next 10 years because of retirement age. And we need that new generation to come in and step up and make we we need to make organic attractive enough as an industry for somebody to make that their life's career. And I think it is, but you know, we need to yep. replace a million farmers roundabout. That's yeah, perfect example. And 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 being able to do business with him and to encourage him by way of not only verbally and visiting, but buying his product and giving him feedback, whatever 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 little improvement or or whatever suggestion sure. we might have. And he's very open. Um, he's working with a partner, but he's the active one with the boots in the ground. And he's ha he says he's got the challenges he has is water at this point, which is sure. pretty normal mm -hmm. all over the place. Uh, and he comes from a fourth generation f uh, grower family, which grew up in Brawley down in the desert. And he said this was not in the books for him, but he came up and went to school in Santa Barbara, uh, fell in love with the area, went to a couple uh, nice restaurants, farmer's markets, and got the itch. Really? And isn't that amazing how many, you know, again, in, in non-organic production you have... You have land, you have equipment, you put things in the ground, you harvest them, you bring them to market or you get them somehow in, into the industry and that's it. In organic, there are all these stories of life and death and succession and farms and history of the land and isn't that fascinating how in this case, I mean, even more so, you already met, you've been to the farm and you met somebody that worked for you yeah. before this gentleman maybe was born. <laughs> right. And, and as we're walking the property with Jack, he says, yeah, the, you know, this guy's uh, kids were born in that uh, double wide up there. And, and my little house is over here. And, and th these guys have been living over that part for 10, 12 years. I get access to everything but the big house up on the hill. We don't go up there. And walking the property and driving around it, um, just the sense of place, the sense of history, uh, that's been uh, in and out of production for longer than most farms and organic farms in California. And be able to come back and have it be fertile and produce wonderful quality product. This young man knows what he's doing. Uh, to, and it's a great place to visit. I mean, it's beautiful down there. Took a lot of photos, which are probably which are now up on our website. So, organic.com. Yeah, beautiful place to look at photos of produce. And, and this farms. is Elwood Canyon Ranch. Farmer's and, name and is this Jack Motter. Young man in the in the eyes of the ninety five year old is continuing the next thirty years of that legacy of that land, right? Yeah, absolutely. Valley of that ranch. I'm sure that does not go by unnoticed. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. What a lovely little story. We do want to hear what's, but well, you touched on what he's growing and what he's harvesting, snap peas right now, market-wise. and cabbage. We'll, and we'll get into that next week again if you bring a produce item, but you, you brought a beautiful story from your tours on the road visiting farmers. Thank you for doing that. Lovely My reminder. pleasure. You know it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. That's Earl Harry. Good deal. Earl's Organic Produce, earlsorganic.com, the website, here in an organic conversation. An entire hour on mindfulness around your plate and what you're eating and around the power of music. I love when we do documentaries. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I wasn't much of a documentary 
film watcher before we started I. covering them on an organic <laughs> no. conversation. I don't know. There was it's something the about the storytelling mechanism that just didn't totally. engage me the same way. And I think maybe I just hadn't found the right films that moved me. But, you know, we did Racing Extinction recently with um, Louis Sohoyas and, and this film, Alive Inside. We did Painted Nails recently as well. And Tomato Pickers in Florida. And actually, we've done a lot of documentaries yeah, in the last have. year. I'm really touched to see the kind of work that's being done. And maybe this is the kind of work that's always been done in the documentary film world. And I've just reached an age where I am deeply appreciative of what it is they're trying to do. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, really, the power of documentaries. And I have the same question. Have they always been this good and I just wasn't on the same page? But wow, it's amazing the topics that are being picked, the love and dedication that is being put into them, how well they are done. I mean, this is... These are all incredible documentaries, um, including this one, Alive Inside. So touching and wonderful work. And now, as our guest was saying, it, uh, you know, from, from 13 or 40 institutions to 2,400 or 2,500 now, these are not just documentaries as a standalone project, but they start this, you know, sea change movement, it seems like, every single one. So, beautiful Beautiful work, beautiful movie, aliveinside.org, the foundation, or aliveinside.us for more information on the movie itself, including clips and scenes. A must-watch. Must-watch, absolutely. This is an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm C. Ronnie Palomar. And we will be back, maybe not with a documentary, but with another amazing topic next week. Talk See to you then. then. Bye. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate Producer, Kristen Ponger. The show is made possible through the fantastic support of our underwriters, Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or the culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. Thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at Earl's Organic. Com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And Batiste Rum the first eco-positive rum of the Caribbean. Ask for Batiste Rum at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and other fine retailers. More information at batisterum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. For more episodes and our podcasts, go to anorganicconversation.com. And of course, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. Our Twitter handle is talkorganic, and we're also on Instagram. I am Helga Helberg, host and executive producer of An Organic Conversation. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening.